Good day. This is Terry Marty, Asian Music Digital. It's Monday. And normally I get into stats on a Monday. Last week I was incredibly excited. Very excited indeed. And if you didn't hear how excited I was, which is a rare occurrence these days, to be verbally excited. I'm always internally excited but I kind of have this resting monk face. Nonetheless, today, there's an introspection I'd like to share with you, which is not statistical. It's more ethereal. And if this doesn't appeal to you, I won't be mad if you skip. We talk about gender a lot. In fact, I just played you two songs by females and emphasized the fact that they are female. It's a sad state of affairs that we live in a world where we have to define, compartmentalize, and tag individuals, souls essentially, who are in vessels, their bodies, and therefore defined. It's even sadder that we are then further defined by categories such as skin color, sexuality, class, faith, height, age, all sorts of isms. These matters are worldly matters, dunya matters, matters that exist on a plane of sensory experience, the five senses that we have, right? But on the ethereal level, between you and I, we know that the energy that exists between us is all that matters. But we don't operate that way. It doesn't profit to think that way. Until it becomes profitable, mass consumption of these ideals won't exist. In fact, consumption is probably a harsh word, so forgive me for using that. I should probably have said adoption. I guess I said consumption because I believe that the world is consuming everything at the moment, human beings in particular. The idea that we are deserved, that we are owed, and the planet is uh, our orchard for plucking is quite disgusting. The levels of greed as opposed to need, are astonishingly high in this day and age, particularly again in civilized, quote-unquote, societies. But let's get back to basics. We came alone and we'll go alone, and that's not to be depressing. That's to state the fact, that's a reminder. Everything that you see to be a problem is temporary. So how can this podcast go forward without thinking about these things? The mindfulness within me is screaming internally every time I have these conversations. And that's why these things don't sit with me. And I had to keep it real. I had to share this with you. It could be a huge disruption in the way that we, you guys, engage with me. I could lose listeners. But I'm not bothered about that. I'm sure those 
few of you that want me to continue with this would, I hope, want me to be real. In the next segment, I'm going to share with you an ideal world, a utopia of where we could be if we just applied a few steps. That's the data that I really am interested in. Behavioral science. So try on the next segment, the, sec the section within the station on Anchor FM. I apologize if this is not what you came here for. If you came here for a music business segment to learn something statistical or practical, well, there will be more of that later this week. I'll see you in the next segment. Good souls. I call the music segment of Asian Music Digital's podcast New World Aura. And when thinking of a name, I went through a few names before I arrived at that. What I was really thinking about was energy. What I'm noticing is that millennials now, as well as other age groups, are much more susceptible and sensitive to feelings. Comedians will tell you that they are mollycoddled, that they are spoiled and hypersensitive. Political correctness gone mad, others will say. But this hypersensitivity, what does it really mean for the music business? Drugs are being used in popular culture more than ever. The last time this was documented was probably in the acid house raves of the 90s and 80s and prior to that the 70s. The hallucinogenics, and if we want to start the journey at the westernized version of weed culture, which is adopted from a mixture of Rastafarianism and all sorts of other subsets and subgenres, we can go back further. But there's something much more ancient. Modern history is a commercial version of escapism. I feel like because we're in the information age, more people are using more tribal symbols, shortened form languages. The, the elimination of vowels alone went almost hieroglyphic. We went from Queen's English to text talk with the acceleration of prints, rest in peace. When he started writing in the way that he did, replacing the word for, F-O-R, with the number four, etc., to use the number two instead of T-O, we were experiencing a shift in culture. This is pre-text message. But the consciousness of the listeners of music and the creators of music are now meeting because the middlemen of the music business have been almost eliminated from the communication process. PR companies and journals and magazines used to be the only way you could access information about your favorite boy band, pop star, rock star or rap god. Today, you have direct access to their thoughts. Often, people will say, to their detriment, that the star-spangled, crazy images that were created for the likes of Bowie and Michael Jackson and Prince and James Brown, that mystery has gone. 
But a new mystery is being formed. A mystery of emotion, of reading between the lines. Yet we're faced with this fickle layer of music industry where songwriting is almost pseudo-songwriting. Producers are producing songs that sound like the hit record of the moment. Playlists are being compiled off the back of this. If you like this track, you will like these seven tracks. Therefore, algorithms are changing the way that we experience music and emotions. Are we becoming more one-dimensional? Are we losing our facets, or are we actually broadening our horizons? From a creative perspective, you could argue either side of that. But what about from a viewer's or listener's perspective? With video now added to the equation, you've now got another layer on top. You can access that video at any time. In fact, more often than not, you access the video before the song, or simultaneously. So what does this do for your process? What's next? How deep can you go with an audience member? And how much do you know about them in order to navigate within their soul, within their consciousness, within their feelings? Is there an algorithm to help you predict the next big soul? The subject matter of the moment? Or do we go with our good old-fashioned instinct and research and conversation and dialogue? What's your process? There's one more thought I have, and I'll share that in the next segment. Asian Music Digital right here. I'm your host, Terry Mardi. I have a question for you. When did music become a real communication tool? And when do artists go from being artists to products? What role does a record label have to play in the career of your creative mind? Now, we all know that record labels and publishers alike have a huge role to play in terms of getting your music out there, seen, produced even. Otherwise, they're just ideas in your head. But what part do people play in adjusting your psyche? What part do they play in coaching your mind, in nurturing your heart, in expanding your vocabulary, both musically and lyrically? Where is the development? Where is the home? Are labels facilitators of mechanisms such as distribution, payment, rights management, analytics, streams, almost a god's eye into where the music is travelling on this spider web of nodes and networks? Data plans sucking up all the data it can for content that you guys are creating. But the content itself rarely gets a look-in on music business podcasts. What is the music business doing for development of artists? We know that the industry loves to pick up ready-made acts. Artists who have millions of streams, millions of views, and thousands, and if not millions of fans. 
But who's creating that value? The artists. And what support are they getting? Not just fiscal, but emotional, ethereal. There's an infrastructure that could be built around the ethereal side of the music business. And that's the area that I'm most interested in. We like to create value in what people are trying to do. Cultures, languages and geographies are talked about in the music industry. But beyond the culture, predating language is energy. So I'd like to argue that energy and the nurture of energy is the greatest commodity in the music business. Your energy, regardless of its tangent, whether it's slewed towards happiness or geared towards hyper-excitement, or whether it's a jam or a track that you lay down to at night and get lost in your thoughts, it doesn't really matter where the energy goes. That's up to the artist to decide and curve it where it wants to shape it. What really matters is that the energy is encouraged, that the expression is encouraged. What fans really are looking for is a real sense of connection. At least I am. I'm not sure about you guys. But I am disconnected from a lot of music that just feels more like products being sold. There's almost like a drop shipping cookie cutter approach to the music business, which is soulless. But the energy, when we procure that, when we are proactive in nurturing it and loving it and supporting it, even the angst and the anguish, then real magic happens. As an industry, what are we doing to nurture those individuals that want to create for a living? Really, from the root, what are we doing? If you have a view about this, please contact me at Asian Music Digital on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. DM me. My name's Terry Mardi. And I'd love to know what you think about this energy commodity. I think it's really important we talk about this. It goes way beyond culture, genre, geography. It's in each of us. Yet we don't talk about it in the business context. Much love.